Welcome fans and welcome to episode 31 of The Big Review Ski, the show from Joe and her that this week, having succumbed to the joyous magic of Mamma Mia, here we go again, has set up its very own ABBA tribute act called The Bjorn Supremacy because the Bjorn identity was taken. It was, yeah. It was taken. <laughs> yeah. And Supremacy's like better. Yeah, 100%. It, 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 you could also get some Supreme covers in there. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. How uh, long did it take you to write that? Uh, I think he may have tweet. Oh, need an SOS to oh. save me after this. Did you tweet about the Bjorn identity? Yeah. Is that where he saw it? I was yeah. like, that just it was a, thought were, popped into my head. He didn't even write it himself. He just they stole were in it. <gasps> That's where it was. I saw yeah. your tweet. It was just been lying dormant in the back of my brain for a while. Plagiarism <laughs> to steal. I'm your host, Owen DeHarty, and I'm delighted to welcome to the stage for their first ever live performance. Mm. They're gearing up. They've been practicing all week, and they're ready to blow you away. It's the stars of the Bjorn Supremacy because the Bjorn identity was taken. It's Bjorn Cashin and Bjorn Murr. Mm. Go. What's sing, oh, so you want us to sing a sing Bjorn song? together. Uh, knowing me, knowing you, that joke is shite. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you'd like, if you'd like the Big of Yuski or the Bjorn Supremacy because the Bjorn identity was taken to come to your house and sing all the ABBA hits for you, all you can tweet them. us all of them. You can tweet us on Twitter at Big of Yuski and you can WhatsApp us on whatever number you fucking want. We've got <laughs> st- an amazing show coming up this week because we're going to be joined by one of the world's greatest ever actors it's as simple as that sure yeah sure my man Denzel Washington will be on the show along with uh, the director uh, and one of his best pals I think they've worked together four times they're back for the Equalizer 2 he's with Antoine Fuqua Fukua. Plus, we got high clues to fry your brain and lots of tickets to give away uh, to some very cool films coming up as well. But now, though, it's time for the big question on the Big Review Ski. And for this week's big question on the Big Review Ski, it's over to Cash in the Attic for this week's big question oh, on the Big Review Ski. What's happening to you? I don't know. I thought the Bjorn yeah, game joke was the lowest stroke. Yeah, when jokes are getting worse. And also, the Cash in the Attic was also one of my jokes. What? I just Dude, go through your Twitter feed and steal jokes. Piece of shit. All right. So, off the back of uh, Mr. Washington having kind of a late in the day uh, career insurgence, uh, resurgence as, a, as an action star. Um, Thanks to the Equalizer and Magnificent Seven, and uh, I guess Man on Fire. Um, what has been your favorite career reinvention? Someone who was a thing and then had a had a thing, had a and thing. now they're and now they're a, a different, different thing, a different kind of thing. Mm. Well, what did you go for, Paul? I went for probably the second most famous actor alive right now, which is Tom Hanks. Started, started, started his career as a funny man did the likes of Splash Dragnet Bachelor Party Joe vs Volcano then kind of clever enough segued into like League, uh, League of Their Own and uh, Sleep in Seattle kind of the, the kind of still funny stuff but just a bit of drama and then kind of knocked it out of the park with like Philadelphia Apollo 13 Forrest Gump um, same Private Ryan you know kind of went through that period of just like dramas to become the second most famous beloved actor after Mr. Washington so yeah Tom Hanks reinvented himself as a serious actor from a comedian I'm shocked at what he just said what I was like convinced I knew what you were going to say oh you thought you knew Paul's answer yeah yeah oh oh let me see did you think I thought you might have gone for Liam Neeson what did you think I'm afraid to guess what I thought he might have gone for because it normally ends up being the same thing you <laughs> Right, we do. I, well, after last week's I'm not double gonna get, I'm not going to give two answers to this. Sorry, I, thought, I did have a second one, but I'm not okay. going to fall into that trap because Owen's going to give like three now or something. Yeah. I'm only going to give one. 
go on. And it's the right answer. In this minute, and is then it, two the next minute. Is it what? Is it Leslie Nielsen? Oh, piss off, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Let's find out. You'd better tell the captain. We've yeah. got to land as soon as we can. This woman has to be gotten to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. <laughs> tell the captain I must speak. Always. That was uh, Dr. Rumack there, a.k.a. Leslie Nielsen, and the dearly departed. He died in 2010. And, uh, I saw him at UCD once. He gave, a, he? He gave a, uh, a guest lecture. He was hilarious. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Like before 2010. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when he used to have like all those laws. No, definitely. Stuff. Definitely before. Well, Jesus, I hope it wasn't a weekend of Bernie's weekend type of Bernie's deal going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of um, the opposite of Tom Hanks, because Leslie Nielsen, even though I haven't seen one of his serious films, started out as an actual serious actor in romance films and yeah. Western films and action. Yeah. yeah. And then um, in 1980... Uh, uh, Zucker, Abraham Zucker, those three boys were like, do you know what would be really funny? Um, Leslie Nielsen, and they cast him in Airplane, and that kind of catapulted his uh, his comedy career. And between that and the Naked Gun films, he's just one of the, well, it's his deadpan delivery. Oh, mm-hmm. Just and Complete like, lack of emotion. <laughs> it plays it so serious, yeah. yeah it's there was There was, like, I know we played that line there, but I've just been spending, Roy, you asked me, what am I doing in the office all day? I'm just watching Leslie Nielsen it does explain compilation the, the, the videos. Constant giggling for Well, that was me reading your Twitter feed as I stole all your jokes. Look at this hilarious original content I'm bringing to <laughs> it was, show. It was pretty funny. But uh, my actual, one of my favourite gags uh, is more of a visual one, so we couldn't really play it here, but it's whenever he's, it's in the Nicky Gun and he's rummaging through somebody's drawers and he opens a drawer and he just goes, bingo. And he reaches in and takes out a bingo card. And it just it just cracks me up. Always fond of the same with the assault of the concrete dildo, George. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, basically a career of 14 years being deadly serious and then just uh, one of the funniest actors that ever lived. So, Leslie Nielsen is, uh, yeah, that was just a coincidence that you, you said that. Right? Yeah. You don't know yeah. me inside out. You don't nope. know me. You don't know my life. I don't. Out of my head. difficult to read. On. <laughs> is yours Leslie Nielsen? No, no. it isn't. Uh, I, but in, in a controversial turn of events, I have done an own. What? Because with... <laughs> I was wondering what that Keep was. Keep a hole, you know. With one... Oh, I do. <laughs> with one... Um, Movie, I feel two careers. Ah, okay. Were were redirected. Um, uh, clip clip guy, sound guy. <laughs> be nice to Clips. the sound guy. <laughs> is it better to be feared or respected? And I say, hmm. is it too much to ask for both? With that in mind, I humbly present the crown jewel of Stark Industries Freedom Line. It's the first missile system to incorporate our proprietary repulsor technology. They say the best weapon as one you never have to fire. I respectfully disagree. I prefer the weapon you only have to fire once. That's how Dad did it. That's how America does it. And it's worked out pretty well so far. So that was Iron Man. Nielsen. Yes, yes. Nailed in it. Showgirls. Hilarious. In Showgirls. It was a very erotic movie. <laughs> Thanks to Mr. Nielsen. Uh, so that was Iron Man, uh, the film that single-handedly redirected Robert Downey Jr. into becoming a multi well the biggest paid actor 
in the world um, a superstar and a huge action blockbuster headliner uh, also director John Favreau yeah. who mm-hmm. previously was a kind of actor of, of his own <laughs> and, um, and and directed stuff like Swingers and Satura and yeah Satura yeah. so he wasn't really a household name when it came to directing either uh, and after that he's been offered just almost single handedly huge blockbuster stuff and he has um, Star, Wars. Star Wars coming Lion, up so Star Wars and Lion King and Lion King the, the Jungle Book and he's kind of involved behind the scenes in Marvel as well just as one of yeah. our overarching kind of like this is the way we do things now. plus it redirected superhero movies entirely yeah, and, and the Marvel Universe so with one film uh, there was a lot of good changes made do you remember seeing Iron Man for the first time back in 2008 like, yeah I do because I, I loved Downey Jr. and like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang but I was like what's because uh, I also thought he was great previously in his career and he's, he's had numerous personal downfalls and I was like what, is it a smart idea to pin such a huge franchise on uh, someone who you know is basically a grenade waiting to go off but he's held it together and he's held it together really well yeah I remember walking out of the cinema uh, after seeing that and just being like what the hell was that like Iron Man was just unbelievable and even listening to him talk there he speaks differently in that kind of older Tony Stark there as mm. well or well younger Tony Stark um, just in terms of how the characters actually developed as well but um, yeah absolute superstar um, there you go good shit that's yeah, that yeah that's that bit done so, Leslie uh, Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know next week's question yet, and I feel like I already know your answer. <laughs> <laughs> Has Paul gone for the same one as well? Probably. Yeah. Definitely. It's I don't even know the questions yet. So now we're old moving school. on to like last old school. Week. 100%. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's this week's example high clue, and we uh, this is our little film riddle. We will be uh, giving you our competition high clue later on in the show. Um, people are getting better and better at these. I think I'm getting progressively worse. There's some kind of I've, opposite thing. I've like never my, experienced someone um, <laughs> deteriorate so much. It's real. It's like it's like high clue specific dementia. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it should be in a high clue home actually, <laughs> just for people to look after me. But uh, Paul, you were doing our example high clue. Yeah, uh, and I can week. actually read my writing this week Happy as opposed days. to the last one. Happy it was an absolute cluster okay. flip. So what have we got? Okay, first line. Bullet bears revenge. Bullet bears revenge. Second line. Finger and bum <laughs> oh have Lord. no time. Finger and bum. Excuse me, I was just remembering a funny joke. Uh, have no time. No time. And final line. John is the top gun. John is the top gun. Gun, scribble, scribble. Quick syllable check. Bullet bears revenge. Finger and bum have no time. Just remember the funny joke. John is the top gun. So syllables are bang on. Do you what's, think you've got what's it? The funny joke. Ah, uh, is it about bums? <laughs> you wouldn't want to hear it again. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it may have been. Um, bullet bears. So is bullet spelled B U L A T? Yeah, it's like like all grammar rules first. Okay, letter, so first word has like, a capital B. It's not the but name. It's not, bullet. it's not like bullet B U L L I T. Like okay, it's my bullet, that's your thing. Okay. Yeah. Are you spelling bears? B E A R S. B E A R S. Yep. Okay, bears revenge. Finger and bum have no time. Just remember the funny joke. John is the top gun. Hmm. Okay. Well, so, finger bum. and bum have no time immediately makes me think of Christopher Walken in Pulp Fiction. E- yes. The watch. The watch up his, up his bum. bum bum. Okay. Bullet bears oh, revenge. Oh, and it's time as well. Yeah. Okay. With the watch. Bullet bears revenge. Hmm. You kind of oh. you talked. Yeah. Yeah. John. Kinda, you, John McClane? No, not a reference to Bruce Willis. Top Gun, that doesn't really... 
is the I'm trying to see if it's, is it is it potentially Pulp Fiction can we fit Pulp Fiction in there bullet bears revenge there's bullets in it there are bullets <laughs> bears, in it there's people looking for revenge that's true but it's a singular bullet has a narrative significance oh. not bullets I said bullet there was a bullet. film with uh, oh no do you want a hint? No, oh. no. Is it? Oh no, uh, no. It's not it's Seven Psychopaths. No, no. Is it Man on Fire? You are correct. It is Man on Fire. Because the first time Bullet Bears Revenge, Creasy tries to kill himself, and he hands the bullet over to Peter's father. Okay. The bear, Creasy Bear. She has her bear called of Creasy course. Bear. Revenge. It's a revenge film. Finger and bum. He starts his torture rampage by cutting your man's fingers off while he's duct taped to the car and and, and puts right. a fire. Um, lighter on them the bum the bomb up the bum the famous scene when he goes I wish you had more time have no time that's the second line that was uh-huh. a fantastic watching yeah. Yeah. yeah I was like yeah. that's, yeah. My, that's yeah. my really that is, I was like did you just keep playing under the dance yeah. Yeah. But as these two guys know I have such a graph for Man on Fire and the delivery of that line is like my favourite Denzelism. and the final line John is the top gun John Creasy is his name and the top gun is the director sadly missed Tony Scott Amazing. He's done a lot of films with Denzel Washington. You well. got it on. I did seven Psychopaths. <laughs> you got it. Nailed it. I'm getting better. Look at me. Like we get all these things together. Okay, let's go. We're going to the movies. Ah, okay. come on. Is there a way what? to no. put that in and post so I'm not no. here for it? <laughs> no, not at all. Or I get Denzel to Washington to maybe sing it. We don't I listen need Denzel to, that. to do it. We just need you to do it. You do the world's greatest Denzel Washington impression. Well, we're going to hear from the great man later, so we'll be the judge of that. Now. Or will I it think be you Paul? You should do Denzel singing an ABBA song. <gasps> That'll be amazing. I don't want to break the internet today. Okay. <laughs> Next week. Save it for Christmas. So there's a whole bunch of new entries in the top 10 films at the Irish box office, including number 10. Now, I haven't actually put the name of this film in here. Uh, I think I'm going to guess it. I think okay. three, three question marks think outside. You know three yeah. question marks outside Ebbing, Missouri. It's not. There are three question marks there, but that's not it. Yeah. What do you think it is, Roy? See, every week when we don't know what it is, it's a kid's film yeah. that we've never heard of. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. Like every kid's film that's Am I that that's predictable? Been. Yes Yeah okay And uh, I went to the cinema during the week And there was, oh, a, there was a film showing And I was like Don't say what? the name Don't say the name I want Paul to hear it live now Okay I was it's like a, is that Am I reading this right? You are Okay Well you're right First of all it is a, a kids animated Kind of family adventure And it's about the true story of uh, The most decorated dog In American military history It's a, and, yeah. and the dog The film is called I can do this. You alright? Yeah. Sergeant Stubby. <laughs> <laughs> An unlikely hero. <laughs> I just, I just remembered a joke from earlier. <laughs> I can't. Sergeant Stubby, an unlikely yeah, hero. Stubby, Stubby, Stubby. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, because it's a true story. How did he get to be a sergeant? <laughs> because his new owner was basically uh, somebody who was in the military, and he actually came on the the, the battlefields with his owner, and ended up being uh, the most decorated. What did he do? Talking history. He just. I basically I think they just said the name to the Germans and they just defeated them that way through laughter basically what type of dog uh, is he I've got so many questions I, here. I can say all day. a lot of questions so that's number 10 this week is our first of our new entries uh, Sergeant Stubby an unlikely hero is unlikely 
like you wouldn't even need what? to change the name what? for the what? porn version. What's like, his, do you know what I mean? What's his name again? Um, I assumed it was the porn version. <laughs> it's the porn version. So number nine this week is our other uh, another one of the new entries. It's Unfriended Dark Web. Um, I had a chance to see this last week. Did either of you see this in the... No, Rory's no. review really put me off. I didn't <laughs> review it. Oh, no, your review. <laughs> uh, review. I went to see it. I, w- I went to the cinema to go see it, but it was only showing in the evening like it's already it's as, as if the cinema was already like mm, not having it it's a pity because Unfriended as we were saying last week is a, a really good premise and this starts off the same kind of way 15-20 minutes do hook you in because the whole thing takes place in real time and it all takes place as if the cinema screen is one massive laptop screen and unfortunately uh, as we were saying part of the uh basically it's kind of the, the villains or the bad guys or whatever's in it just didn't really work for me uh, so that as soon as you figure out a certain element of it you're like nah, you've kind of lost me and then there's still the majority of the film to go so um, it's still uh, going to make uh, a decent amount of money but it's uh, I did expect it to go in higher in the box office now but um, now we know why now we know why uh, number 8 in the box office a film that you loved Paul Teen Titans go to the movies I yeah couldn't, couldn't recommend it highly enough and Rory picked up my recommendation what do you think I thought it was quite good um, there is one joke in particular I was like that is hilarious uh, and the wildly inappropriate too for yeah, a kids film yeah I see I think we we need to discuss was which, which one because there was two montage, jokes and I was like the montage uh, no okay Wait. I thought that was good no but that one was good as well there's, a, there's another one where in, at the end of a musical number oh yes yes. and yes, I was yes. like what and I understood <laughs> that was great and there's one particular piece of uh, voice casting that was inspired just absolutely so I think brilliant yeah because Paul yourself and Cara both hinted at that as well I, yeah, Teen Titans go to the movies it's on the list 100% also the way they say the villain's name every single time yes I cracked Slade <laughs> every one of the films says the exact same way and I was like but it's clear that like Arnett is, I think Arnett produced it so he's like it's, it's like a labour of love for him like this is his baby isn't that kind of weird because Will Arnett voices Slade in it isn't that kind of weird with him you know, being like the iconic voice of like Lego Batman and stuff as well. No, or it's fine. I, or does he sure change his voice? No, no. <laughs> why, why, why would you? He has the greatest he voice does ever. Have an unbelievable voice. Uh, number seven this week in the Irish box office is another one of our new entries. It's the Darkest Minds. Nope. <laughs> no, nope. having none of it. <laughs> having none of it. It is um, a, a young adult kind of. Uh, adaptation with it's kind of like X-Men meets Hunger Games a a, a virus kills 98% of the world's children and the wow. 2% who are left over all manage to get superpowers wow because okay. you know <laughs> yeah. why not um, and the, the lead stars are Mandy Moore okay living what? legend Mandy Moore Jesus. and Gwendolyn That's- Christie what? From um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, they're the two big ones. And it's directed by that really good um, director who did Kung Fu Panda 2, who I think before Paddy Jenkins had the title for uh, Biggest Box Office for a Female Director. Uh, so there's a lot of hope that it would be good, and it was not because it was 18% of our tomatoes. Okay, okay. That's number seven this week, The Darkest Minds. Number six is Incredibles 2, which we were all massive fans of. Uh, number five, and you see, this is what this... These films do. Hotel Transylvania 3 and Monster Vacation. It was number five last week. Yeah. It's number five this week. So as all the other films just shift and move <laughs> around them, it just stays there in the middle going, look at me. They made a mistake. Would they not have put that out at the start of summer so then for the whole of summer it's like, oh, it's a film about people going on a summer holiday. 
That would have worked. And maybe they didn't want to keep it too far away from Halloween as well. I don't know what the monster's in it, possibly. I would be surprised if it's still here in... I can subtract. You I watch two, watch two this space now. Probably, no. new, <laughs> probably new Stumpy was coming. <laughs> Stubby. Stumpy. Stubby. Get his name. Stubby. Um, so number four this week is... You see, this is interesting. Number four is Mission Impossible Fallout. Number three, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm. And number two is a brand new entry, The Meg. None of which, those three massive films, have not managed to get rid of Mamma Mia. Here we go again from the number one spot, which is phenomenal. Well, I, I got to see The Meg since last week. So this is like, no offence, Paul, because you did the review last week. But I'm offended. The world, the world, I'm already offended. <laughs> the world is waiting to see what the world's <laughs> leading Megspert Yes. Rory Cash. Megologist. Megolo- Sorry, I always get your title wrong. It's, it's Dr. Rory Cash. Thank you. Uh, it's not great. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Diagnosis is not great. It's not great. I was better than that. <laughs> At least I tried and sold it. No, I just, I, I, I was, yeah, I was fairly disappointed, to be honest. The only one in the film that seems to be having any fun is Jason Statham, who uh, is aware that he's in a very expensive version of Deep Blue Sea, and everyone else, I don't know, they, they th- seem to think they're in Jaws. And it's not just... So how did you feel after that? Because literally sad. your entire year has been building up to this point. Yeah, sad, like. It's not, like, it's Jason Statham fighting a shark. This should be violence. Yeah. He should be swearing every two seconds. Yeah. Like, there's a huge shark. People should be going, look at that giant fucking shark. And, and not just looking at it going... <laughs> and there should uh, be bleeding blood as well. You mentioned, yeah. yeah, so not enough gore or anything. It really isn't. No, because the shark is so big, it's swallowing people whole. Uh, okay. So there's no... Chewing. Biting limbs or anything. It's just like, oh, there's the whole boat <laughs> there gone. It's like, sorted. all right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But like, it's 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 made, I think it's already made its budget back. Right, okay. Yeah, well, so that, that's it's fine. That's unsurprising. Like, Mission Impossible followed Ant-Man and the Wasp and the Meg are all making a massive amount of money. It's just that Mamma Mia, here we go again. It's just <laughs> blowing everything we else We need Tom Cruise riding the Megalodon into oh, the like the set of Mamma Mia the next one because they're currently going to make they have to make another one oh, and then he definitely. just jumps off and like drop kicks share or something like that you know I would oh, pay Jesus Christ yeah. I would pay <laughs> money <laughs> self finance <laughs> we can work out man in there somewhere I don't how know. did this film get made Rory Cashin financed it it's fine but I've already found next year's answer to the Meg oh what is it it's called Crawl Crawl! Oh, you move on quickly, don't yeah, you? I, I don't have time to, to hang around. And be heartbroken. I've okay. got to move on to the next <laughs> one. Know. You're putting that megalodon behind you. Yeah, he didn't didn't stack up. So okay, on to the okay. next one. Crawl, do you want to give us a wee teaser of sure. what that's about? It's a, it's a, a giant shark. A girl. Jason Statham. You know what? It's not too far. <laughs> it's a giant shark with knees. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a a girl goes back to save her dad. Whose, whose house is in Florida and is in the middle of a Category 5 hurricane. Mm-hmm. And just as she's about to save him, a giant flood arrives. Okay. So they're, they're trapped in a house, a slowly flooding house, but because it's Florida, it gets filled with crocodiles. Oh. So alligators, like, I think, is it? Alligators, yeah, yeah. thank you. So it's no hurricanes. Crocnado. Alligators <laughs> from the director of Piranha 3D. Oh, yo, holy I like moly. Piranha 3D. Yeah, yeah, that was good fun. Piranha 3D is what the Meg should have been, like yeah. gratuitous gore and like violence. But again, because it costs so much money, they were like, nope. So that's Crawl, and that's out uh, next year. Yes, Paramount have put it in their slot for uh, next year's answer to The Quiet Place. Amazing. Yes. Here are we going to so cast in the Statham we put Jason Statham in it again. Well, it's already cast. It's Barry Pepper and... Oh, amazing. Um, I can't remember her name, but she was in uh, The Maze Runner. She was... The, oh, the, Kaylee Scholadari? Yes. Or, okay, okay. 
I like Scalidaris. You heard Scalidaris. It sounds like a condition that you get, basically. Real bad. (laughs) Scalidaris. And Barry Pepper there as well. Like him a lot. Mm. Um, Okay, so that's Crawl to look forward to. Not out next week or next month, just next year. We do have to find a way to rename the Megments for Crawl. Oh, of course. Opening crawl. Opening crawl. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We'll do that. Yeah, 100%. Um, okay, now it's time for uh, the big interview on the Big Review Ski this week. And we actually have two. We did mention we have Denzel Washington. So excited. <laughs> and we also have Antoine Fuqua. And the two of them have worked together on The Equalizer uh, from 2014. This is the sequel. And Didn't they also do Mag 7 together? And they did, yes. tra- and they did Training Day. That's their full yes. film. So Training Day was years ago, and then Magnificent Seven was just a couple of years back with a brilliant cast as well. It was actually just a bit of decent I thought it was fun grand. as well. My yeah. dad loved oh. it, and he loves the Seven Samurai, and he loves the original, and he actually really enjoyed it. So Your yeah. face says otherwise. Not about Paul's dad, but no, just about no. the film. I just mm. I was, I was too long and quite boring. Ah. I did like Peter Sarsgaard in it, though, because he was having, it having a time, yeah. chewing every bit of scenery. Definitely. So... Denzel Washington, uh, just to give a wee bit of context before this uh, interview, because he refers to something uh, in the middle of the interview. Um, whenever you go in to do these interviews, and you guys will know this, you, you, kinda, you maybe get like about 10 seconds before they start if the cameras, lucky. if you're lucky, mm-hmm. before they start the cameras rolling. So when I went into the room, Denzel Washington, who's quite a tall, intimidating big man, was standing up stretching. Um, because they're stuck in these rooms, you know, journalist after journalist just coming in just asking the same boring questions, which you'll get to hear in just a second. Put it in Derry accent. Can I have them in my Derry accent? So I'm better than everyone. Whenever I went in, I kind of shook hands, said hello, and I went to take my seat first. And whenever he came over, he was sitting down, he was like, what was that noise you just made? And I was like... Excuse me, Denzel Washington? <laughs> he was like, that noise you just made, what was that? I was like, I wasn't I wasn't aware that I'd made a noise. And he was like, you were sitting down and you went, Ugh. I was like, what age are you? And I was like, oh my God, I think I'm 34. I'm so sorry, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington's your dad. Yeah, and he was like, you're way too young to be making those kind of noises. <laughs> and then they were like, go. And I was like, ah, hello, Denzel Washington. So he refers back to that moment uh, in the middle of the interview for a wee bit of context. That's hilarious. And there's also uh, a certain uh, lady gets a shout out in this interview as well so this is our chat with Denzel Washington for his brand new film The Equalizer 2 in cinemas this week congratulations on The Equalizer 2 it's good to see Robert McCall back on the big screen kicking ass um, is it true is this like your first sequel in about well my only years only, only sequel only uh, my only uh, is that people do want to wa- work with Denzel Washington again or you're just like this is the right film the right time there's a couple of movies I did I, I, don't, I don't make it yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, no. So, so the only other one that well, there were two other ones that, w- that were talked about, or maybe there were others that were talked about, but that were talked about with me were um, Safe House, but I didn't make it in Safe House. My character, <laughs> so they were talking about a prequel. In this case, Richard Wank wrote a really wonderful script. He dug deeper. You know, a, a lot of people are saying this one is better than the first one, and it's about the relationships with this young kid. This sort of father-son relationship and without giving things away there's relationship with with Melissa Leo's character there's a brilliant piece of advice in the film that says uh always be nice to somebody who has access to your toothbrush which is a brilliant uh, a brilliant line um is that something you kind of adhere to or do you have a, a particular piece of advice that you like to uh give people as well about their toothbrush about their toothbrushes <laughs> or about anything <laughs> I don't know I mean that's a great line though 
You know, Richard, again, going back to the writer, Batline, uh, 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 there's pain that hurts, pain that alters. Richard really dug a little deeper, you know, which is what attracted me to the material. I'm like, oh, it's just not, okay, jump right in, beat up some guys, head to the next thing, beat up some guys, you know. Yeah, there was talk uh, in part of the film of, of... Robert being a kind of a, a superhero of sorts. Do you see him in that kind of way, or, or how do you view No, him? that's how the young boy looks at him, and that's great, you know. But they're, they're, the work is done day by day, you know, in the streets. You know, him being a possible superhero is not going to help that kid, you know. Now how the kid feels about him afterwards is a different story. And speaking of superheroes, uh, have you been approached over the years by people like Marvel or DC to kind of come and join their worlds, or is that something that would ever kind of interest you? I haven't been approached. Uh, you know, they. We'll see what happens. <laughs> is it something you might you might kind of consider at some point? You know that sound you made when you sat out. Well, you see, because nobody about that. knows that at home. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no one knows I made that noise at home. Whenever I sat <laughs> well, they do out. now. They do now. They do now. No, we, never say never. Never say never. Um, someone who's doing uh, amazing as a superhero at the moment, uh, Chadwick Boseman, and he was telling that story about how you helped him in his kind of his education whenever he was younger as well. Did you get a chance to catch up with him about that there? Yeah, I, I had not, I, I had forgotten about it actually. I went to the premiere of Black Panther, uh, a screening of Black Panther, and I didn't want to deal with people in the crowd, so I went in the back way and I ran into Chad and Ryan Coogler. And because I was talking with Ryan, I've been to Ryan and I talk all the time, and he was the one who invited me. So Chad, you know, you know, thanked me, and I was like, for what? He was like, uh, you know, because you. I was like, oh, was you? I said, that's really why I'm here. I want my money. Give me my money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you never know who you. It, like our story, you never know who you touch and, and where they might end up. I had no idea that. You know, it would work out this way, and look where Chad is now. And I'm glad to be in a very small way. A part of it. The last thing we were talking, we mentioned uh, people's favorite lines of yours. We're talking about King Kong line and the the howl from Training Day, things like Ooh. that. The howl, you know, the oh 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 oh. oh, oh, oh I sound oh, oh. I, I sound like more like a rooster whenever uh, I do it. Like, yeah, but, that wasn't uh, too good. Uh, no, it was an awful oh. howl. Oh. There you go. Okay, yeah. perfect. Um, but a friend of mine, his mommy is a massive fan of yours so every time he sees her instead of saying uh, one of your most famous lines he's changed it slightly uh, so instead of saying my man to her he always shouts my ma'am um, as in my mommy so I was wondering does that get the Denzel Washington seal of approval or is that uh, that's his mom he can do whatever he wants God bless him you know yeah no Lisa will be delighted because uh, mm. that's that's what he shouts at her basically my mom my mom um, there was uh, we talked before you had a, a brilliant story about sneaking into Shannon Airport uh, whenever you were refueling in Ireland before oh, uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah 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 but not I don't know, or not sneaking in but but popping in having a quick drink and like popping back out whenever they, the flight refueled but have you had a chance to kind of come back and spend a bit of time I there since I haven't stopped in Shannon in a while no in a long time no no, I t- I, uh, uh, the, 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 there was a bartender there, and, and uh, I, don't, I don't drink anymore, so we wouldn't be stopping in for that. But there was a bartender there, and, and uh, he poured a proper Guinness uh, pint, and uh, he said something about the hurricane, the movie. 
I guess it was around that time. And I said, oh, have you, have you seen it? He said, I, mean, I said, have you heard of it? He said, heard of it? A couple of pints, I'll sing it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, 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 I never forgot that. Um, well, Denzel, thanks for million. Uh, lovely to chat to you. Cheers. Denzel Washington, my man. The I, I man. got lost in a... That sounded like a really jovial conversation. Also, if he's not in Black Panther 2, I would so, be I was thinking so. that exact same thing. So whenever he said, obviously, uh, he was talking about Chadwick Boseman there and he went along to see Black Panther. And he's mates at Ryan Coogler. But this is the thing. He says, I chat to Ryan all the time. Now, I don't know if Ryan Coogler is confirmed for Black Panther 2 to direct as well. Uh, they'd be mad not to bring him back. I, yeah. No, nothing's confirmed. He's doing something with Michael B. Jordan. I know that a, a drama on the small Fruitvale station scale. Right, okay. But, um, like Black, I know he's gone from Avengers. Black Panther is a hundred percent coming back. Like. But in terms of adding somebody weighty with gravitas <sighs> to bring into that world, yeah. like Denzel Washington, and me and Rory insane. don't believe the fact that he's never been approached by Marvel. It's Denzel oh, bloody not Washington. Not at all. Not even Marvel, but like no one at the like Star Wars haven't come to him. I don't. See, I, I don't believe you, Denzel. Because <laughs> no, he flat up just like no, no, no you that's never, know. never it's happened like, in my career. I feel like you know. But uh, Jesus, could you imagine? And even that story is fantastic. It's like you have this impression that Denzel Washington growing up and you have this like he's such a level of integrity and kind of honour in the characters he plays but like that story about him financing Chadwick Boseman yeah. just so blasé about it he seems like like such a nice man away from screen as well and that kind of always carried through I thought to his performances on screen just gives him that extra something that not everyone has definitely and he uh, as you said he is a very friendly man and he doesn't need to do anything he doesn't want to do and he mm. obviously feels very strongly about uh, well these films anyway you know going around and doing uh, the press room because the last film he had out was Fences but he directed that and he played the part on Broadway as well so it was a very close connection there so he did a four hour play on Broadway yeah. I, was, I was over there I, I was I couldn't get a ticket at the time and he's like 60 odd he's still just crazy busy for Given work he still sucks. loves it yeah and that's it He's as I said he's a big man but he's still in shape as well and obviously he has to be for a film like The Equalizer too, as well yeah. as we said this is his fourth collaboration oh and your mummy got a shout out there as well right? Lisa because what she is in love with Denzel Washington for as long as I've been alive yeah she's she's had a she's held a candle for, for Mr. Washington she's only human to the point where I'm pretty certain my dad is <laughs> quite jealous of him Denzel's Rory's middle name Rory Denzel <laughs> yes that's what the D that's stands what the for D stands for 100% now just uh, a point uh, from that interview because Antoine Fuqua the director brings it up as well the writer they are referring to mm. is Richard Wank just in case anybody Wank Wank W-E-N-K Can Wank. we introduce him to Mr. DeVette who worked with <laughs> the bag? Yes definitely So like would his friends call him Dick? His friends might call him Dick Wank Yeah they might too Anyway here's Antoine Fuqua <laughs> Antoine Fuqua, it's lovely to meet you. Lovely. Am I pronouncing your surname correctly? Yeah, first absolutely. Of all? Yeah, okay. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it's all downhill. So I get called other things. But well, I was, what do you get called? Uh, like other Antoine, names? Uh, imagine. Antoine. Yeah, I can, I can yeah. imagine. And sometimes it's meant to be that way, by the way. All right, okay. They know exactly <laughs> they what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> congratulations on uh, the Equalizer 2. Thank you. As I was saying to Mr. Washington, it's good to have Robert uh, McCall back up on the big screen. Yeah. Is this your first sequel out of all your films as yeah, well? It's my first so, what, what was special about this for both you and Denzel that you were like, this is the film, this is, this is the right time now to, to do our first sequel, basically? It was just timing. The script. Richard Wank wrote a script that was good, you know what I mean? It was different from the first one, um, which is important because you don't want to do the same thing. Um, we enjoyed Robert McCall the first time. We had a good time making the, the first one. And um, the studio really wanted to make this movie, and we both were available. 
Was it up to you to convince Denzel to to come back and do no, it again? I wouldn't no, want that job. <laughs> no, 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 man. Because like his, his career, what forty years, whatever, yeah. he's never done a sequel. No, you're like, I wouldn't even, if they even called me, asked me to do that, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> no, no, he read it, and I read it, and then we talked. We just, you know, me and him collaborated and talked and made a decision. Yeah, let's do it. There's a brilliant piece of advice in the film, which is. Uh, always be nice to anyone who has access to your toothbrush. Yeah. So that's now my mantra <laughs> in life, basically, <laughs> since I've seen the film. Um, that's true. Yeah. Is there any particular piece of advice that you like to kind of keep in mind in any kind of... That is my advice. That is your, that's your one. It's the toothbrush, <laughs> the toothbrush one. one. Okay. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got, man. I'd be nice to anyone who has access to your toothbrush. Yeah, no, it's a good thing to live by. There's also a line in the film... Um, about Denzel's character being a type of superhero. Um, do you see him as a, a kind of a superhero character? Because um, he lives this kind of quiet, mundane life and then has this alter ego there as well. Or is that how you look at him? No, I never thought about him as a superhero. I, th- I think about him as a grounded, you know, a grounded hero. And if you want to call him a hero, he's a guy that's just trying to do what he can to help people. And some of it's uh, just trying to redeem his own past, you know, and... Uh, but for a young man, he may see him as that. Is there any temptation on your part, or have you ever been approached to go into those superhero worlds, like with Marvel or DC? Mm-hmm. Have they talked to you before about those I've had some conversations and some meetings um, that I'm supposed to have, actually, when I get back about it. But I don't know, you know, if, if it was the right thing, you know, it has to be the right thing, the right script, the right situation. Well, that would be uh, very exciting to have you involved there. Yeah, that's yeah. Some, they're doing some great work. Yeah. Pedro Pascal, mm-hmm. uh, brilliant actor, mm-hmm. uh, really good addition to the films as well. Were you a Game of Thrones fan before kind of working with him, or had you seen it, or did you know? I've seen it. I wasn't obsessed with it like everybody else was. It was like Game of Thrones. Everyone talked about Game of Thrones. I've seen it. I was like, it's, it's great. It was, it was a great series. Uh, and then, But I, I didn't really know him until I sat down and met him. So much of it is uh, of Game of Thrones is actually filmed in Ireland, and obviously you worked yeah. there, God, years ago now with yeah. uh, with King Arthur, yeah. and that film was produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. And That's I was right. wondering, what does uh, a rap party in Ireland, paid for by Jerry Bruckheimer, look like, or was it was it? I don't a good remember. Time? I, I, was, I was passed out from all the L. Yeah. Okay. Do you have fun? I couldn't memory? tell you what happened at the party. Yeah, what stays at the rap party. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stays in Ireland, stays in Ireland. Yeah, okay. Well, do you have any fond memories away from the camera from making the film of your of your time being based there? Yeah, great memories there, man. I, uh, I used to go out and just enjoy the town. I met some interesting people there, some great guys, some great young ladies that can out drink me. Uh, I went on the outskirts of Ireland by the ocean, you know, on the cliffs. This beautiful landscape, you know, just, uh, yeah, Ireland um, had a big effect on me. But mainly it was the people, man. It reminded me, in a in a way, of, of Pittsburgh, where I'm from. It's a lot of blue-collar, hard-working people, you know. And um, you guys call them pubs. We call them bars. It's the exact same thing, you know. A lot of good blue-collar people who can out-drink you. That's, that's exactly Definitely it. Definitely out-drink <laughs> yeah. man. Like my uncle, I used to have to come get him out the bar. He would just be just wasted. <laughs> I've seen a lot of that in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's a, there's a but, but more than that, hard-working people, uh, like I said, blue-collar class people that I met and I was around, uh, guys that were driving me around and taking care of me, were just good, solid guys. I stayed in touch with them for a few years. We lost touch since then. But if they see this, what's up? Took good care of me. Miss you guys. They were the best. They were the best. Sure, come on back. We'll yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Mr. Fuqua. You see, I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Right it's on the edge. Yeah, there. No, I'm there. Yeah. It's <laughs> lovely to meet you. Good Thank you very much. Okay, Cheers. Take Thank care, you. man. You have no 
idea what you just started. You shouldn't have gone to war with us, McCall. You got it backwards. You're going to war with me. The statement made was that killed my friend. There's no coming back from this. We all gotta pay for our sins. Mr. Antoine Fuqua. I take it back. He's the coolest man in the world, not Denzel. <laughs> not Denzel. The two of them together are just like you can see, oh, just the coolest pair of friends, just walking around town. He sounded like he had more fun in Ireland in probably what a month than I've had <laughs> yeah. in thirty-two years here. So it's been a long time since I've seen King Arthur. Mm. I don't know if it's aged it's, well. It was like Clive Owen. Well, like it, here didn't, it didn't. It wasn't born well. Benjamin Button style. But uh, he sounded like he had a very good time when he was here. Anyway. And, uh, Maybe that's why it wasn't very good. It's because he was just locked every time <laughs> he was time. in the director's chair. Passed out, as he said. Yep. Um, now, he did say Ireland had a, had a really big effect on him. And uh, he does give his... If you see the videos, which will be up on Joe.ie as well, he actually... he Whenever he's talking about the guys who looked after him and, and drove him around, he looks down the camera and he's giving them a shout-out. Like, so he wants to... He's like, Aww. if you're watching this... So if anybody out there knows anyone who drove uh, Antoine Fuqua around whenever he was here filming um, King Arthur I don't know get in touch on that WhatsApp number we didn't read out thanks but uh, yeah another lovely guy as well so obviously Denzel Washington and Mr. Fuqua their brand new film Equalizer 2 is in films uh, is in cinemas uh, this week did you guys like the Equalizer when it was released uh, 2014 I thought it was fine I ha- it was solid uh, yeah. it was clearly someone was like oh taken but with this character he used to be on the telly already um yeah, I didn't think it warranted because I don't think he'd even made all that much money at the box office. So I didn't think it warranted a uh, a sequel. Yeah, what did you think, Paul? I liked it. I thought the death sequence is original. I mean, Denzel can elevate anything average to good. He can take good to excellence. You know, he's just that good. Uh, it, I'm trying to remember. It was about forty minutes, far too long. It was a really long film. It was like you could really make this trim and proper. But I was uh, really excited going into Equalizer Two. I saw it as well, and yeah, so I was a fan of it. Yeah, the. Um you mentioned like kind of 40 minutes too long there and actually Roy you mentioned with the Magnificent Seven just a little bit too long as well Mm. so the Equalizer 2 kind of felt that way as well now I actually preferred it to the first film oh wow and uh, as you said Paul once Denzel Washington is on screen you just he's so incredible to watch and there's a particular scene in this um, well anyway first a little bit of the the kind of the background obviously Robert McCall is back he's now uh, a taxi driver in Boston just trying to keep a low profile he's a retired intelligence officer we know again like in Taken he's got this particular set of skills that he keeps under wraps except when he needs to use it uh, which is basically whenever somebody is being oppressed or being bullied and he's like I've got a heart of gold and I can break your eyes with my nose and that's what he that does I think that's in the director's cut yeah but um so it kind of starts off and it gives you these little insights into him driving around and listening to uh, various taxi passengers and going and solving various problems. And that's a really good premise. And then about an hour into the film, uh, the kind of this case 
gets going. You got a brilliant supporting cast of Pedro Pascal, as we mentioned, uh, who's Prince of Dorne. No, what's Ober and Martell in Game of Thrones? Uh, you have Melissa Leo in there as She's well. Great. She hasn't been in enough things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where's she been for the past yeah. couple of years? Uh, so she was in the first one as well as kind of uh, his best pal, as he hints at there in the interview uh, in the intelligence services as well. Just to interject there, in the trailer mm-hmm. for Equalizer 2, Melissa Leo um, is in the trailer. Okay. And it looks like it spoiled something pretty major. Oh, really? Are you right. seen the trailer? No, I, geez, I, I thought I had seen the trailer. I don't remember seeing any particular moment with Melissa Leo, but, uh, well, yeah, so she's uh, in it anyway, along with the rest of that brilliant supporting cast as well. Hopefully the trailer doesn't spoil anything. Because I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that happens. Um, uh, there are other... Well, basically, McCall comes back and he's like, uh, I need to get involved in this case. Uh, You know, he has a personal interest here as well. And then these other kind of mini stories are floating around in the background, but there's quite a few of them as well. So I was really enjoying the film for a long time and the action actually felt like... uh, I thought like this is like an actual proper older Jason Bourne film, mm. um, but uh, as the film went on, I was like, it's gone a little bit too long here, and it kind of gets into the meat of the story. I thought just a little bit too late, or else I would have liked it to focus on him as a taxi driver, just going around like Grand Theft Auto style, listening to people's problems and then going to solve them uh, as well. But uh, what did you think, Paul? Yeah, I kind of agreed. Um, I would have loved to see a bit more bang for the book. Now, not saying that I don't didn't like the plot, um, but there are certain shades you can read from a mile away to be honest um, there's some very good scenes at Washington there's one in particular the kitchen scene that's just incredible acting yeah. that you'd expect from Denzel and the delivery of the lines is, is, is excellent and the uh, the actor who was in Moonlight is is very well cast uh, the father-son relationship he touched it that was kind of gave it a bit of heart but ultimately you don't want real heart in these films you want kind of more action um, but this being said the last set piece which is great to look at it's it's a shootout in this gigantic hurricane which is not given too much you see in the, in the trailer but totally it just jars so much from what came before yeah because it's like 35 minutes of a relentless shootout and it's like <laughs> okay is it just because you need they obviously got a studio note and said we need to bump it up so we're just gonna just stretch this out and I kind of lost a bit of the characters as well during it when I really should have been emotionally invested in yeah. following who's who it kind of jarred me out a bit but um yeah, I, I as I said, I was I was a fan of the first one and if, if it does go on to make enough money, I'd be delighted to see the third one. But if this is it, that this is it, I'll be happy enough, you know. Yeah, no, I, I I think I would definitely like to see a third one, but you're dead right, that kinda lasts thirty five the trequalizer. More stuff needs to be equalized. Mm. It's all over the shop. But he uh, but, uh <laughs> I, the, the, the the sequence I just would have loved to seen him being a pissed off taxi driver. Like <laughs> yeah, like the yeah. of a taxi driver, except yeah. he could actually beat the living crap out yeah, of it. Yeah, that last thirty five, forty minutes big pieces you said the the characters that you've become really involved with throughout the film kind of go missing and it just becomes like this hazy cloudy kind of action scene um so that that was a bit of an issue for me you mentioned uh it's ashton sanders is the young actor's name from moonlight and he plays this young guy called miles and there's an unbelievable scene between him and denzel washington uh like kind of in a in a project's place as well um and it was just a stunning piece of acting between the pair of them so there's really good stuff in there but again it, it just feels maybe like Fuqua 
wants to make those films just stretch out that little bit longer as well and a brilliant opening sequence I always feel like you know like a, a good action film needs to have an amazing open sequence the way like Bond films or Bourne films do it and there's a brilliant scene uh, on a train mm. on its way to Turkey at the start which is just really really excellent so there's, there's good stuff in there and if you're a fan of Denzel Washington I know Rory your mommy will be going to see your daddy probably not probably not no no uh, and off the back of your review Oh no! Like, really? I've, I'm just—it just smacks of mediocre. Like it's not enough. I, I would still recommend it. I think go along. Uh, You're just a, a big old softy, though. I'm <laughs> sorry. So that's uh, <laughs> the Equalizer Two in cinemas this week. I anyway. hope whatever Dick Wank writes next is even <laughs> better, though. I must find out what else he's written. What a name! Like, no wonder he's going to be famous. He was bound to be a hundred percent. Because the stroke of a pen. <laughs> so if you don't head along to see The Equalizer 2 in cinemas this week like Rory's daddy or like Rory uh, Paul has a Rory Denzel Cashin <laughs> Rory Denzel Cashin yep. uh, Paul you have a recommendation for people to watch at home you know there's no escape from the Antoine Fuqua and Denzel Washington collaboration because we're going to recommend the Oscar winning first time they work together which is training day it's on TV3 on Friday at 9 o'clock that's a coincidence what a coincidence <laughs> that is uh, sure Jesus there's a Denzel Marathon in Sky as well you'll be spoiled oh, for choice amazing. Yeah, that's a story up on Joe all the films there but no training day is a really really good piece of work um, endlessly quotable the first uh, brought Washington his second Oscar I think he won for Glory Best Supporting yeah. Actor and he won the main actor award for this basically he's a corrupt cop who has to show Ethan Hawke the ropes um, really gritty dirty feel to it um, really well acted uh, Eva Mendes is very good in it too and you'd be surprised watching it now like 10-15 years on how many films have ripped it off in the mean, in the in time which is the sign of a good film it was one of the originators and it's still as raw and powerful and that speech at the end is just amazing when he says I'm gonna burn this motherfucker down it's just it's just great it's Denzel just unleashed and check it out if you haven't seen it it does feel like Fuqua never made another film quite as good as that or mm. even like it it was like he made yeah. his one he's doing a documentary on Muhammad Ali now I think he said he's doing like yeah. so he's moving into different territories now so it could be and hinting at the fact that he has those talks with uh, well he didn't specify Marvel or DC but we were having a look there it seems like uh, it's Marvel I think that uh, that he has been in talks with potentially mm. so, um, so there's obviously a degree of trust well, obviously Washington he knows him he coaxed an Oscar winning performance out of him that's the reason why they keep like working together definitely, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them continuous working because Washington did that with Tony Scott I think they made five or six films probably you know so he is loyal in that sense uh, but yeah I'd be curious to see what Foucault does and as I said if it's the Equalizer 3 I'd go see it again definitely the Equalizer um, so that's the recommendation to watch at home this week which is training day now it's time for our competition High Clue as we said we've got tickets to lots of cool films coming up we've got brilliant screens we've got Searching uh, is coming up Roy you said you've uh, you've had a look at that I and did. it's one of the most nail-biting tense films of uh, 2018 so far yeah it's got a real Hitchcock vibe cool happy days uh, happy days big old compliment that's a Mathis uh, compliment so that's uh, yeah Mathis so Mm. we've got uh, tickets to that giveaway we've got other cool screenings coming out as well so do oh and actually Idris Elba's new film Yardy is going to be out uh, very very soon and keep an eye on Joe because we will be giving away uh, two tickets to the London premiere of that film where Idris Elba will also be in attendance can we use our alter egos again to I think so we're going to have to dust them down and get them back Denzel Moore (laughs) 
yeah, that works. And Bjorn cashing over there. So um, we'll be uh, looking after your flights, your accommodation, and everything as well. So uh, as I said, keep an eye on Joe for that. For now, though, can here's we, this can week's. We not enter no, that you can't enter that competition. Not in a million years. I'll give you. I'll give you the details. Idris, it's Idris Elba. I really like, I like his work. <laughs> um, so this week's. Uh, oh well, first of all, congratulations to everyone who got last week's high clue correct. I forgot to check who got it correct, so I don't have any names. Um, it was uh, no. There was unintentional. One of the, one of the Gallagher brothers again. Probably Liam Gallagher again. There was unintentional heresy. No. Last week was committed. This oh, wasn't unintentional. Done on unintentional. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I read out the high clue, which was as follows: False director digs. Lester's wannabe lover Parisian pen and we finished up the episode and we were kind of the two lads were, were looking at that and they were kind of talking to it and they were like we, we both said faults. fault in our stars as in, fault as in, in F-A-U-L-T. Our F-A-U-L-T and I said what are you talking about it's faults as in F-A-L-S-E faults faults not Say faults again. faults which one am I saying faults I have no idea. It was the other one. False director digs. Lester's wannabe lover. Parisian pen. So uh, apologies for the unintentional heresy there. Um, any ideas what the answer might have? Oh, we been? got it. Oh, we oh, got it with the Parisian pen bit. Yeah, it was the born identity. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes, the final line, Parisian pen, was uh, was in reference to uh, the fight that he has in Paris with one of the uh, enemy assets uh, with the pen. Uh, the middle line, Lester's wannabe lover. The most famous Lester in film is probably Lester Burnham, played yep. by Kevin Spacey in American Beauty. Uh, his wannabe lover, it wasn't Mina Savari, but it's Chris Cooper, who tries to give him a little smoochy-woochy at the end. And Kevin's like, no. No, get off me. How dare you approach me <laughs> yeah. in, in that manner, <laughs> yeah. Kevin Spacey. Say Kevin Spacey. <laughs> we'll call the lawyers in this one. Uh, so that's Lester's wannabe lover. And the first line was false director digs, which was a bit of a cryptic one. Uh, the director, false, false F-A-L-S-E. The director who digs was Doug. Uh, the director of The Born Identity was Doug Lyman. And that's why he was false, because he's a lie man. Because yep. he's a man who lies. So there you go. Doug Lyman, uh, Chris Cooper, and the Parisian pen fight uh, all led to The Born Identity. Congrats, um, everyone. Congrats, we mystery don't people. Got it regardless people. of uh, Owen's lack of pronunciation. Then fair play to you. Yeah. Um, this week's high clue, though, and please feel free to clarify any of the words, uh, is depends on the yeah. greedy, beastly Jack. The middle line is chesty detectives. All right, detectives is uh, detective apostrophe s, and the final line is all right, all right, as in one word. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a l r i g h t, and the final line is not friends with Chandler. Chandler with a capital C. So those three lines again are Greedy, Beastly Jack, and Jack has a capital J. Uh, Chesty Detectives All Right, Not Friends with Chandler. Okay, Who so wasn't friends? Well, I suppose aside from those five, I have a, I have a particular actor in mind. Okay, okay. Paul is writing down something mm. from right here. He's writing. And I can't say. Let's see. Maybe. Yeah, what that's. I just the actor, but I'm trying. I have to. Have down. to work him in there. Read upside the down. Uh, interesting. Interesting. No. Oh, really? No is no is the answer. Oh, look at you <laughs> yeah, in a position of power <laughs> <laughs> for once. Oy. It's been a long time. Anyway, so that's our competition. I clue. We'll have it up on Twitter. We'll have it up on Joe as well. Now coming soon on the bigger view ski. A look ahead to next week. One Washington wasn't enough, so we are 
hopefully going to have a chat with Denzel Washington's son, John David Washington, uh, to chat about his brand new film, Black Klansman. Uh, which, Paul, you know. I got a chance to see this and it was one of the best films I've seen in a long time. It's angry, poignant, funny and really powerful. Uh, you're going to hear a lot about it in the next few weeks and everything you're hearing is true. Amazing. So we'll have the full review of that film and the interview with John David Washington um, next week. Looking forward to, to hearing what he's actually like because like, it's a lot of pressure. He was, a fo- he was an American footballer before he was an actor. He okay, was doing he'll be well fine. for himself. He'll be yeah. fine. I'd, say he's, I'd say he's a big man too. I'd say he's huge. Yeah. yeah. So don't make any noises when you go in to sit down in the chair. I might crap, <laughs> yeah, definitely I might crap not. myself. Yeah. Definitely not. Um, so between... Uh, this week and next are the Bjorn supremacy because the Bjorn identity was taken are you going to be practicing away can we get one tune before you go no no you do one no I'm not in the band I'm your manager that's uh, I'm Bjorn manager and where have you like where's the gigs yeah, where the have you got people, the gigs set up um the the ages local. of Bjorn <laughs> the what what okay. what what see ya <laughs>